Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello and welcome to the tour report from Secret Golf. Well, this week, after another John Ram victory to wrap up the West Coast swing, the PGA Tour moves to my home state of Florida and we're kicking things off with the Honda Classic. Elk, before we even get into that, John Ram winning five of his last nine worldwide starts. I mean, it's like we have a kind of Tiger-esque era from the Spaniard right now. Yeah, and I wanted to pick him every week on the West Coast and I couldn't do it and I wanted to. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> when we talked about Riviera last week, we discussed on the show how much it favours a fade. And mm-hmm. I was thinking about the TV yesterday watching Max Homer, Colin Morikawa, and John Rahm coming down the stretch, all three hitting the power fade every single hole, and they were all getting a little tangled up on hole five and 13, which the same thing happened to me back in the day. So very fade-oriented course, and that's the way it shook out. We didn't see the likes of Rory McIlroy or Tiger Woods showing up, although Tiger was hitting the power fade. It was nice to see him play 72 holes on a tournament that he's representing, the Genesis and his foundation was fabulous to see him out there. And he's red on Sunday, Diane, big crowd, but no stopping uh, who, what is the force of John Rahm? I've told you on this very show that it means so much to him. He, he always thinks he's hitting great shots. Even when he isn't, he appears as though he thinks they should have been. And he, he has this tremendous, killer attitude and you can see it when you watch him he's easy to pull for because he tries so hard he's working so hard also easy to pull for max honma but in the end it was just he's just too much right now he's um you know my husband and i were talking about it and and just exactly what you said there why it's so easy to root for ram and he he's just got this fiery attitude he cares so much so when he does hit a bad shot or miss a putt you see it he's seething he's mad and it's this confidence that he's got in his game and he's been talking a lot a long time you know this year really um in response to all the hoo-ha over the official world golf rankings and 
um, whether or not Liv are going to get points and why the rankings didn't seem very accurate of the players, you know, at present. And he had said he didn't need to be world number one to validate his game. He knew he was the best player in the world and now he is the official number one. Um, it's incredible. It's actually amazing to watch. We've had the last two events being these elevated events and the leaderboards on Sunday have been the creme de la creme. We've seen the best names there. Unbelievable. Yeah, and it's so evident, uh, at least to me, and I'm, I know with you because I've told you so much about this, that when you watch these guys play on the West Coast, it's so evident to see guys like Max Homer, how superior they putt on Poana Greens. I mean, knocking in these five and six footers for him is just nothing compared to a lot of guys. There'll be a lot of guys on that tour, Diane, that were so happy to finally take a plane to go to the East because now everything's changed now. We're off the Californian grass and we're back onto the Bermuda grass, which is a whole different set of circumstances. A lot of players, including me, Diane, even though I had some success on the West Coast, could not wait to get out of California and get over to some flatter, firmer, no spongy, predictable, readable greens on the East Coast. Well, it's good for me that you've said that because I've really taken the Bermuda grass into consideration this week with my picks. And I've really been looking at guys that have performed well on Bermuda because, yeah, as you say, there's going to be a huge crew of them that are like, OK, we're heading over to Florida now. Honda Classic really has got the bad draw when it comes to scheduling on the PGA Tour. Maybe when you look at the schedule, they have the worst draw because we've just had these two elevated events in the WM Phoenix Open and the Genesis. We've got the Honda now. We've got the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill next week. Huge event. Then the players, huge event. So this is the one that the guys are skipping. The highest ranked players in the world. We've got Sung JM who's won this tournament before, uh, Billy Horschel, Shane Lowry. So yeah, the, the Honda has taken a hit. It's a shame for the Honda, you know, Jack and Barbara Nicholas are the unofficial hosts of this tournament, of course, for their, for their hospital charity, children's charity down there. Um, Jack Nicholas can't really go on the recruiting trail too heavy for Honda, Diane, because he wants all the guys to come up and play at the Memorial Tournament in Ohio at his tournament, which is also elevated. I did talk to some of the players on the tour in this off week, and they're very frustrated, the guys that are outside of uh, elevated status and the tour doesn't know where they're going to cut off or how they're going to cut it off. They're very frustrated, not happy at all. There's a lot of, lot of grumbling on the tour right now about these elevated, not elevated, and how you get in them and how you, how you don't, so to speak. Well, Thomas Peters was on Twitter last week saying he's number like 34 in the world and he couldn't get a spot in the Genesis Invitational, even though he loves Riviera. And then, you know, over the weekend, rumours that he's going to go to live that are more or less confirmed, um, along with Brendan Steele and Danny Lee. So, yeah, the elevated events... I don't know, as a golf fan, watching Scottish Scheffler win, John Ram win, these big names in contention on Sunday is exciting and it really has felt huge the last two weeks. Um, so for the golf fan, I love the elevated events and I think they're going to be great. However, as we said, the Honda has suffered. The Valspar comes after the players and before the, the match play. So it's suffering as well. But I love these kind of weeks. I look forward to this week because we've talked about it before. It's an opportunity week and it's the chance for us to, to look at other players on the PGA Tour who could really step up. 
Yeah, and you know, um, the evolution of the elevated events probably came from Live, and this very week, Diane, Live starts its schedule, and they're occupying a piece of real estate that used to sit on the PGA tourist schedule at yeah. Mayacoba in Mexico. They'll be opening up. It will be undoubtedly a higher um marquee names planet live then we'll be at the honda classic this week so they'll go head to head live now has a tv deal on cw by the way everyone said there's nothing on the cw channel my favorite show is on the cw <laughs> channel and that is whose line is it anyway i don't know if you know it <laughs> uh, but anyway I but i'm looking forward to i'm looking forward to both but i'm really interested in how we're going to handicap this one this week at the pga national because this golf course diane Maybe all these guys are skipping it because the course is so difficult. Uh, A golf course, bear trap with the last four holes, water everywhere. The weather's going to be pretty good and not too windy. So we have a lot of things we have to take into consideration. Yeah. Okay. Right. Well, let's talk about the course, PGA National. I'm hopefully going to go down for the weekend. Fingers crossed. Uh, Sir and Knox makes the cut, <laughs> and if so, then we're going to. He almost it. always does. I was checking his stats. Not the last two weeks, but this. He no, likes- at, at this one, at this tournament. Yeah. He likes yeah. this tournament, um, and hopefully we're going to take Grace into his first golf tournament, which would be very exciting. So, um, yeah, I would love to go down and see it. I've been down before. It's a great tournament. Um, we'll talk about the course, but the bear trap. I mean, we have to open with that because it's holes 15, 16, and 17. Plays as the fourth toughest three-hole stretch on the PGA Tour. And um, I mean, the water is the biggest factor. We have water on 15 of the 18 holes and the bear trap being a par three, a par four, a par three, right before you hit the par five of the 18th. But um, what makes it so terrifying? Well, as you do walk onto the 15th hole of the bear trap, there is a big bronze bear representing the entering the bear trap with Jack Nicholas's signature on it. But they're just intimidating holes. They're just long enough to where you have to hit a really solid sort of seven or an eight irons, maybe six, seven, eight on the 15th hole. There's a bailout to the left, but that's not very good either. And you sort of, when you get on the 15th hole, there's water all the way down the front of the green and wraps around the right-hand side. The smart shot, Diane, is to try to get the ball obviously 30 feet left of the flag and put it right there no matter what your score is or what day it is or what the weather is. But when you get on there, you're bringing in luggage from the rest of the course. You've, you've already dealt with, as you said, shots that are going across water. So you've, you've got your swing, you know, either where you want it or you, or you don't, and you finish up putting it in places, left bunkers, not very good, shorts, not great, it's okay. But of course, we see so many balls in the water. 16th, 16th hole, really shouldn't you shouldn't hit it in the water it's a par four you sort of have to lay up off the tee and you don't really go into the water on 16 then of course 17 is another par three big stand nothing like the phoenix open but it's big enough and it feels like you're hitting to an island green it's very narrow and thin green and they put the pin right in the front again the the big thing about these uh bear trap holes is if you if you bail out a little bit diane it's almost as bad because the bunkers are nasty and deep and the sand's fluffy and it's hard to do anything on those holes 
Yeah, well, um, I read they've actually changed it up a little bit. Some of the bunkers have been removed or reduced on 13, 16, 17 and 18. So they've been playing around with the bunkering on the course. But um, yeah, I mean, the bear trap is going to be terrifying for all. And then 18 being the par five, it's a great finishing hole because whatever you've done over the last three holes, then it's it's all to play for in 18. And remember last year when Sepp Straka won and he beat Shane Lowry by one shot um, and the weather was horrendous and it was pouring rain and they were under the umbrellas and the wind was coming in and uh, Sepp Straka got his first win on tour. He's going to be back to, to try and defend this week. But it's a great course. It's a tough course. Um, let's talk about what the guys are going to have to do well and I, I guess the main stats that we're going to be looking at this week for our picks. When I think about the PGA National course and I think about all the great past champions on this course, Diane, I start to think, well, who... Who's really suited for this style of golf? And and I look at the name you just mentioned, Shane Lowry, who is the Open champion. Um, you know, he's used to playing in the wind. He's used to hitting it in the fairway. Uh, some very difficult holes. Number two, number six, number 10, number 11, 14. And that's before you even get to the bear trap. These holes, uh, one in particular, hole number six, is, has some long par four, 470 or 80 yards water all the way down the left side the thing about this course and the reason it sort of produces champions that hit the ball really well you can't play the course if you're in the rough if you're in the rough off the tee then you can't get into the green over the water and make it stop so you have to lay up and then you you, you score balloons i mean a hole that we see guys really really mess up is hole number 11 it's a par four if you don't hit it in the fairway the green is wrapped around a lake you can't get over there. You can't do anything. You get finished in the bat bunker and you make all these mistakes. And as you see a player work his way around the course, Stracker, of course, you mentioned one last year. There's been a ton of just tremendous past champions list I was looking at last night, um, including Nicholas and Ryder Cups and Seve Ballesteros hitting a three-wood out on the 18th hole. I remember that shot. There's some classic stuff happens here. But you've got to get in the play and then you've got to, it's much like playing the Players' Championship. You've got to get your ball in play so you can go across and handle all these difficult second shots into the par fours. And longer second shots as well. Um, I was looking at the stats and it's, um, you know, the, it, you have to be a good mid to long iron player to do well around. Well, you, 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 you see, because of what you just said is true, you give up the driver off the tee, Diane, to get it in the fairway so you finish up being back a little bit which is fine. Um, Lowry does play a certain style of golf that I really like, and that is he's fairway first, plays that little low fade and gets it in play and then works his way from there. This is a different game than what we've talked about uh, on this course than we have in weeks previous, where even last week at Riviera, we saw John Rahm and, and Honma always sort of just out of the fairway in the little light stuff. That's no good this week because the second the approach shots are coming in across water hazards. And I saw that Sepp Straka hit 23% more fairways than the field average last year, which, you know, is the reason why he went on to win. Um, I mean, 23 more chances to get it dry, right? Yeah, right. There you go. Um, what about the greens? We talk about the Bermuda grass and that we're off those bumpy, poor greens now. What, what do the guys face this week and why is it so appealing to so many of them to be moving over to the East Coast to have this grass? Because it's predictable. 
We know where the west is, and we know the grass is going that way, so we know it's fast this way and slow this way. And it's not like this out in Riviera, at Poana and Pebble Beach and San Diego. So we know we know when we get there that there's a certain, you know, the style of grass, Bermuda grass, Diane, is a little thicker blade, grows up with the, grows up with the nourishment of the sun, and then it folds over and lays into a, into the west part of the of the sunny setting sun. So we we can predict that. So we know that that's there. And then, of course, slope is more prevalent than grain. But when you're a good grain reader you, and the slope is like this and the grains this way, it won't break as much. So it's a little trick to putting on uh, Bermuda grass. You've got to know it a little bit and you have to maybe grow up on it or you have to learn very quickly. Okay. Okay. Well, um, you're a good person to learn from, <laughs> bearing in mind your success in Florida. <laughs> Florida was better for me. I told you, I always liked it when that plane was saying, next stop, Miami. <sighs> okay. Right. Well, so we've got our picks this week. I, I have no idea. Normally we have a little bit of a confab beforehand and we have a fair idea who the other one, other one is picking. I really have no idea who you're going with this week. Um, and as I said, you know, we don't have the, uh, the PGA Tours creme de la creme players in the field, which really does leave it wide open. I mean, Sepp Straka, was he 100 to 1 last year when he won? Keith Mitchell. I was hoping Keith Mitchell was going to play this week. I know he would have been one of the tournament favourites after winning in 2019. He was 300 to 1 when he won. So we can. Strecker's got to be a look this week. He has to be a look this week. He's only played two times in the last six weeks, uh, waiting maybe for this opportunity to come back to where he defended last year. Um, you know, comfortable on this golf course. I looked at Shane Lowry. Um, he's not my pick this week. Uh, and then I looked at Thomas Dietrich, a young player, a rookie, as you've told me, from Belgium. Uh, I didn't know his uh, nationality, sort of his first full year on the Tour, 18th currently on the FedEx. He's kind of one of the young guns, I, I guess you would say, that I'm looking at a little bit. But, Diane, my my pick is I'm not going to get fooled like I did. I fooled myself last week and didn't take John Rahm. I went for the shiny object in the room of Tom Kim. I'm going for the guy who really is the favorite, who's the best player in the field by a mile, and that's some JM. And he plays good on this golf course. And why would he? Is because, remember last year when we did our top 30 money winner event in Atlanta, the best striker of the ball in three categories on the PGA Tour was some JM with driving, greens and reg, and chipping. That was a, we said that was a criteria of who actually hit the ball the best for the season. And he, he won that award in my mind. I'm giving it to him. I gave it to him then and I'm doing it again. But some JM, he's not affected Diane by playing a lot of golf. We know he plays every week. So he's not one of these guys that needs a break. And obviously he loves this tournament and loves it. He's won it always right up there and he hits the ball great. And I think that's going to separate him as the week goes along. Mr. Cut last year, just saying. <laughs> but he did win. You've got to miss a cut every once in a while. Check my notes. Let me check my notes. He just, he just finished fourth <laughs> in San Diego and then sixth at the WM Phoenix Open. But yeah, as you say, one year in 2020, he finished eighth in 2021. Last year was an anomaly <laughs> for him. He's a great yeah, pick, yeah. obviously. Um, he is um, plus 850. So as you say, he's 100% the tournament favorite this week. So I knew, I did not know if you were going to pick Shane Lowry or Sun JM, but I knew it was going to be one of them. Um, 
Well, I was leaving, Larry, for you because I know you, you wore your green dress today and I knew as soon as you put it on, you were going to pick Lowry today. <laughs> Here we go. I wrote out everything for Shane Lowry and was like, I'm going to pick him. And the one of the main reasons, I'm not picking him, by the way. I'm going to go with someone else. Um, but one of the big things for Lowry, and maybe this is going to be like the thing that shoots me in the foot, not picking him. He played the two elevated events. So in Phoenix and then last week. And so that's two in a row. You can't tell me he's not going to play Bay Hill. Um, and then the players. So are we going to do a five-week stretch? Good and bad because he's obviously playing this week because he wants to win after finishing runner-up last year and clearly really fancies his chances around this course. Um, so that's a huge tick for Shane Lowry, who is, let me just find his odds, because I saw he was a little bit further down our re-ranking. But he's... 14 to 1, I got him at, yeah. But I am going to go, this is a good story, I'm going with Matt Kuchar as my outright favourite this week at 28 to 1. Now, um, the last seven winners of the Honda Classic have finished within the top 16 in the weeks prior. And we saw Matt Kuchar just play great at the Genesis and finish 8th. And he finished 7th at the Sony Open at YLI. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah, Sony Open at YLI. And that course actually correlates pretty well with PGA National. Um, Cooch has won this tournament before back in 2002 <laughs> and he hasn't played it since 2011. So he can't really go too much on course history. Um, although when you go back to a tournament that you've previously won, it's obviously huge. But he's from Florida. He's going to be so happy to be back on Bermuda. And um, he's playing really well. He's one of these consistent, reliable guys, but his game is just up there right now. So I'm going to go with him. After seeing such great performance last week at 28 to 1, I thought I'm going to take a higher odd outright favourite. And um, Matt Kuchar is the man. Well, I can't blame you because experience on this course is important. I mean, I looked at the I looked at this sheet and I saw these rookies on here that have not played this golf course. It's going to be pretty difficult for them. Um, <clears throat> they do have a great chance this week, as you've noted, because... The field is not stacked with 30 of the top players on the tour. So big opening to get into the cut, make some money, move up into FedEx Cup standings. Um, I think, though, I would have went with the green fella. The wee, the, I, would, I think I might have went with the, the wee green dress. And if, if that turns out to be wrong, you're going to be really upset at yourself. Yes, especially because I'm not having a great a great time with my picks right now. So I will be very annoyed at myself. But Well, you've been preoccupied. You have a baby. I know. And maybe I think the pregnancy gave me magic picking powers. <laughs> and now, now he's out. It's just not happening. But that's, I'd rather have the baby. Um, so you've got Sung JM at eight and a half to one. And I'm going with Matt Kutcher at 28 to one. And I wanted to, for the for the record I, on video, I wanted to say that we did discuss Sepp Stracker, both of us. We did discuss Shane Lowry and we did discuss Thomas Dietrich. Yes. Because exactly. on, our, on, our sheet, on our sheet this week, we sort of squashed together the ball strike into one sort of area, which we took driving accuracy, driving distance, 25, 25, and then greens and reg, 50%, put that together and see how that shakes out. Yes. I'm not going all in on that category this week. I'm going all in on more experience, like you picked Kucha, but my ones to watch 
I'm having a little flashback here on my ones to watch this year, this week. We also they looked at scrambling this week as a big stat, and Matt Kuchar is first on the PGA Tour this season in scrambling. So that was just another another check mark for me. Okay, right. Moving on to our ones to watch, um, guys with slightly higher odds. I'm going to go first because you just said that you know the ball striking stat is going to be important. It's not the be all and end all, but I'm picking my guy predominantly based on that because he's sixth in this ball striking category on the PGA Tour this season um he's 65 to one (laughs) hopefully this is not um who you're going with but hayden buckley is going to be my pick oh you froze we're gonna do that did i oh you just froze there and i thought is he just pausing for effect (laughs) i knew you were gonna pick hayden buckley because i saw it i looked at it i saw the stats and i'm like yep she's gonna do it Right. Well, um, looking at the stats is one thing and I'll get onto that, but he's been playing really well too. And this Sony open while I think when I was digging deep, there's just, he, a lot of guys have played well in that tournament and then gone on to play well at the Honda and Keith Mitchell was a pure example of that. But Hayden Buckley finished runner up at the Sony open, um, just at the start of the year. And he has two top five finishes this season. So he's playing good golf. As I said, he's sixth in that ball striking category. He is fifth off the tee right now on the PGA Tour and seventh in total driving. So distance and accuracy. So those are all like brilliant stats for him. First time playing this tournament, which is the one thing that's... Oh no, sorry. He has played it before, but hasn't had any success. He missed the cut last year. Um, So we need to... But it's a different guy. I think he's a different player now. And he's obviously got a lot more confidence and probably feels like he he has earned his place out there. So Hayden Buckley, 65 to 1. He's going to be my one to watch. Well, you have to remember that member Max missed 11 cuts in a row and he's not the same golfer now as he was before either. Saying all that, I was speaking to Ryan Palmer on the phone this week and he was couldn't wait to get to this tournament. It's one of his favorite events on the whole PGA Tour, the Honda. Why is that? Well, it's windy. He's got Bermuda grass. He knows how to play it. He's been there nine times. I'm not picking him, by the way. I'm picking someone just like him. Eight times out of the nine, he's made the cut. He's finished second, fourth. 19th, a bunch of 25ths. You know, it's one thing when they say, oh, I can't wait to get to Pebble or I can't wait to get to Riviera. It's another thing, Diane, to say, I can't wait to get to the PGA National because that's a really difficult course. And not many people are happy. They're happy to get off that course each day. But I'm picking a friend of mine that lives happen, happens to live in Houston who loves playing in the heat, expert on Bermuda grass, Played here eight times, finished in the, in the money in seven for 15th and a bunch of times in the 25s. His game is round up perfectly. Diane Corson about Johnny Vegas, long hitter from Venezuela. Hits it straight. And when he gets going, Johnny that is, and he's healthy, he is lights out. He loves this course, loves this tournament, even loves it just as much as Ryan Palmer. So I'm sticking with the guys that have great track records and Vegas played last week, played decent, and I'm riding him. Okay. I actually, when I was doing my research, he came up a lot when it came to this course. Um, What odds did you say he was? I got him at 45. 45 to 1? 
Yep, yep. Okay, all righty. So and Ryan Palmer, Ryan Palmer was 60. Yeah, I love the Ryan Palmer story because it's like we're just pulling out names. We're not actually picking them, but we kind of are picking them at the same time. So if he does go on to win, he I think Ryan was in um, a playoff here the same year my brother was in a playoff with Rory and was it Russell Henley too? I think it was the four of them. So yeah, likes this course. Um, we're going to do our dark horse picks. These guys are over 100 to 1. Um, I have got my guy at 150 to 1, but I have another name that I want to throw out before either of us give our picks. And he's obviously um, a friend of the show, and you and him have a very close relationship. But Jason Duffner is 300 to 1 this week, and Duffner has really good history at this place. So he has to be one of those guys that says, I can't wait to get back to PGA National, especially after the confidence of finishing, what, 30th in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago. Hadn't made a cut in 10 weeks, played with Rory McIlroy on Sunday at Phoenix, been working on his swing with Scott Hamilton on the 3D stuff getting back in shape. He's played this tournament nine times. He's made the cut eight times. He hasn't had any history that we can poke up at and say, hey, he's going to do well. But he does well here, Diane. Um, is it time for him to sort of turn this around a little bit? We know he doesn't putt that great, and he says he doesn't, but he's so confident today of what he's working on and how his body's feeling. He'll play, he'll play good again this week. I guarantee you he's going to be in, in the money this week. Well, he's had five top 15 finishes here. I know we're talking about a long space of time, um, but when I was looking at the yardages, one of the approach stats, and we were talking about it earlier because of the accuracy and all the trouble, that 125 to 150 yard range. And he that's his best stat by far. So again, I think he's sitting in the top 10 of that stat category right now, um, which is going to be important this week. So... For Duffner, maybe, and he's talked to us about the fact that it's a confidence thing and he needs that spark, that boost of confidence. And maybe he got that in Phoenix a couple of weeks ago. We talked on the phone all the time and he said when he played with Rory at uh, Phoenix Open, he said he couldn't believe the weapon that Rory's driver is. He hits it so far. But he said, I, he said, I hit three five-irons inside of Rory's nine-irons. He said he was... 80 yards ahead of me on the off the tee and hit three nine irons to par fives and I hit five irons inside of him. So he said, Rory needs to clean up his short game, but he said, I'm hitting my five iron great. So, um, you know, there's going to be plenty of five irons for him over there this week, Diane. So, yes, we're looking a little bit here. We, we pull for some of these players so hard, but he's not my pick and he's not yours, but he's kind of a guy we're watching out for. Yeah, always. They're always pulling for him. Right. You go first then. Who's your dark horse this week? Well, I was looking at the Ryder Cup captain, Zach Johnson, who also plays good. He's played here eight times and he's made the cut five. He's having a pretty good – he won money three times out on the West Coast. <clears throat> I still don't think of it as points, FedEx points. I think of it as making money, Diane, because that's what we did when we went out West, tried to make money. <clears throat> he's 130 to one. But you, there's a name that almost rhymes with Duffner that you know I'm going to pick. <clears throat> doesn't rhyme with it, but MJ Duffy – is is about time for this young fella. He's one of the best scorers I've ever seen. He qualified for the tour like eight, four spots in a row two years ago. And this is his first real full season on tour, played in the U.S. Open, was leading the U.S. Open up at Brookline uh, through about 
35 holes, Diane. Uh, MJ, he'll do great because I've seen him play and I know what he can do from tee to green. And I think he's going to, this course is going to suit his game. At, I got him at, uh, I got him at 130 to one. 130 to 1. Okay, cool. Right, well, my guy I found at 150 to 1, and it's somebody who is a phenomenal putter. Year after year, he's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. He just hasn't really had anything going for a while until lately, but I'm looking at Peter Malnati. Um, so current form is a, a huge factor. We're going to throw course history out the window. He's played here a lot, but he hasn't really done anything or had any sort of success. So I'm like, well, whatever. This is the year it's going to turn around. Again, he's a different player. Um, but he's been playing great golf, three top 20 finishes in his last four starts. And one of those was that um, fourth place finish at Pebble Beach. Talk about his putting. He's always up there in putting stats. He's eighth in putting average um, this season. And then I really was diving into his approach and his greens and reg. He's 10th in consecutive greens and reg this week. So we know that, you know, accuracy and that approach is going to be key to scoring this week. So I like that for Peter Malnati. But yeah, again, confidence. Had a baby not long ago. Um, I think just, it would have been just after Grayson was born. <laughs> But hey, also unknown stat on him is leads the tour in most inches on the brim of his hat. So that's yeah. another stat for Malnati, right? Always wear, him and Joel Damon always have the great headwear on. But I am, um, you know, it's, it's the baby thing, the marriage thing. Everyone laughs at me for it, but it's just giving them, I guess, a different perspective. And he said himself that, like, he's just happy and playing great golf right now. So Peter Malnati, a hundred and. 50 to 1. Um, he's my pick for this week. Well, look at, yeah, that's a good pick, Diane. Look at um, uh, John Rahm yesterday when he was holding his son on top of his shoulders and said that uh, um, he said he's just so happy that his son is so happy and having fun. It makes him a lot uh, more happy and um, meaning that he is very calm, very relaxed. And that handed him the trophy uh, on Sunday is the only guy that can relate to that much, that much confidence, that much dominance. And Max Homa as well. I mean, look at him. Just had a baby in November too, or October, November. So, uh, and those are the, the two names on everyone's lips right now. So there we go. This all part of the model. Um, they're going to need confidence. They're going to need happiness, calmness, good vibes when they enter the bear trap this week at PGA National. Um, we, what's the weather going to do? Have you had a, a good look at the weather forecast? Uh, it's, I think it's, I think it's typical Florida weather. You know, yeah, low eighties with a moderate breeze. The wind is going to be nasty on the bear trap. It's going to be into out of the left, which is the nastiest wind of all because uh, it makes you have to start the ball away and bring it back to where the water is. So um, not ideal, but really what you need when you get to the bad trap is a center hit in the middle of the club face, that is, to make that ball go straight. Is the wind direction going to change throughout the week? Not much, not much, not much for the week. It's pretty similar so far. But, you know, the thing is, the weather forecast, man, you'll tell you it's going to be 10 miles an hour. But when you get out to the golf course, it's blowing 25 because it's exposed and it's on the edge of the water and all that. So... There's always wind uh, down there, Diane, and just a little bit of wind um, changes those positions off the tee. Instead of being here, I'm, I've got to now hit it here. I don't really want to go there because there's trees and water. I've got to hit it there and move it. So uh, it's a new – It's a, It's look, all these tour players, they're well-equipped to play this style of golf. 
this course asks you to knock it down the middle, no matter what club it is. If you want to be in contention or you want to make the cut this week at PGA National, please play your ball from the fairway. Yeah. Okay. Can you please tell my brother that? Because I really want to go and have a nice weekend down in West Palm. He's the straightest hitter. He's the straightest hitter I've ever seen. I don't know how he wouldn't. Yeah. By the way, when you put Grayson out there, you're going to get first golf tournament of oh, two million of oh, two million or one. What are you going? To, what's going to be the bottom number? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I hope he gets to go. Well, if not, his first tournament will be at the Players a few weeks later. Um, and we're obviously excited about the players because we we love talking to you um, about your two wins at TBC Sawgrass and we've got all that to come, um, which is always a huge week for us and always great fun to catch up with the guys. And next week, it's Bay Hill, um, which is another one of these big events, elevated events on the tour. Um, and it's always, you know, Arnold Palmer's legacy and we get to dive into that and all the joy of playing another difficult course here in Florida. These $20 million events are going to add a little magic dust to those fields, Diane. They're all coming down for the 20 mil. Step right up. <laughs> Right up, indeed. Right, and don't forget, our games are going to be open on the SG Tour Golf Gaming app this week, so you can head in there. We have our four tiers of players. You're picking a guy from each tier. Um, and as we said, you know, because you don't have a huge amount of the big, big names that are playing, the door is open for so many of them. Um, and we've given you a lot of factors to take into consideration. You can check out our sheet and see who you're going to pick and, um, and go up against us and see how you fare. Yeah, and I, I would say go into the media and look at the stats because it's, it gets a little dodgy when you start to pick a C and a D and, and, and trying to make a real, you know, a good solid pick. Um, we've got it here for you, though. We're ready for you. We've got everything you need. Right, thank you so much for watching and for listening to the Tour Report. We'll be back next week to talk about Bay Hill. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.